Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down the bitch gang. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power. Have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me, Alex Toledo up top, Brady Hawk as well. You can follow them at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk 305 respectively on Twitter. Uh, we're going to dive into this Miami Heat 113.99 loss in Chicago, and it was ugly in every sense of the word. And we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to go through some of what we saw, uh, takeaways as they head to Detroit, and the fact that this team just continues to um, defensively have lapses that are not Miami Heat-oriented basketball. Before we dive into that uh, fun conversation, especially for folks like myself, uh, we were on playback talking about this for the last uh, few hours, so it feels like we're beating the same drum. Come hang out with us on playback. Check that out. It's a really cool experience where you watch the game with us. We talk. We interact. Um, so come check that out. Uh, we're posting it at the top of all of our Twitter feeds. And then also you need to check out the sponsor of our post-game show, Five on the Floor Live, and that's A Aggressive Insurance, Lynette is always in the comments, 954-581-8800 is her number. An insurance broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto, homeowners, condo, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to all clients. They represent all the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver is refused. Free phone quotes. Check out the website, insurancebylanette.com. That's with two N's and two T's, insurancebylanette.com, but also A Aggressive Insurance, 954-581-8800. So 113.99, and this thing was ugly. Um, there were moments that uh, it looked like they could figure things out, that they were making runs, but ultimately it just didn't happen. We all watched it together. Uh, Brady, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you usually have your five takeaways up. I don't know that you were able to do that. If you did, then you are really a magician because you were just watching that game with us and now we're doing the show live. So I don't think you have them up. So, um, you probably have them in the clip ready to launch, uh, from the brain. So off the top of the dome, what's the biggest takeaway from this loss to Chicago? They go in there, Chicago, just for context, folks. Chicago was coming off an overtime game where they were stretched guys playing 50 minutes. This is the second night of a back-to-back -back for them. Miami is rested and Miami comes out, gets out hustled. They lose the game. Brady Hawk, what's your biggest takeaway? Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from the start of the game is the fact that I always say the offense 
for this team is not going to look any better. Like the offense is what it is at this point. The defense can be better, and they kind of lean into defensive lineups with high speed instead of your. Uh, but you just cannot keep giving up these seventy point halves. Like it's just it's we were talking about it on playback. Like there has been it's been a post all star break trend. Like it just keeps happening over and over. Where it's like part of its lineups. Part of it's the fact that we keep talking about the hedging and recovering. You have two guys in the starting lineup that you need to hedge, hedge and recover with. That doesn't help. I think part of it's effort. You saw the effort pick up uh, in that third quarter heading into the fourth. You have two turnovers in the in the first half, like you, or forced two, two turnovers. You have to be able to – this defense has been elite because of the forced turnovers. You cannot have these games consistently where you're not forcing, you know, getting out in the break. Not that they're good on the break, but at least forcing extra possessions. Aside from that stuff, because I, I wanted to mention that first because I don't want to blame this all at the end of the game because this game was not lost at the end of the game. This game was lost early in the game when they went down 27. But, yes, they got back into it. It's a six-point game with seven minutes left. Uh, and it just consistently feels weird that we kept talking about this as well. That's why it feels like we're repeating ourselves. But this is obviously a new program. These They have lost so many games by taking Jimmy or Bam out for two or three minutes. And it's like, yes, there's a perspective that's – Jimmy has been that good and you want to get him to the playoffs to be playoff Jimmy and be healthy, but you have to get to the playoffs to have Jimmy enter that mode. Like if you're saving these guys for something, you have to save them for something right now. You're not saving them for anything. Are you like you, you could be this. We could have been watching their playoff game tonight. They're like a play in matchup against the Chicago bulls. Like that's where things could head in a direction. If you continually save a certain guy for two to three minutes. So in this game, obviously, uh, Jimmy comes out that timeout, misses the three. The Bulls go down to hit a three on their end, but no bam in a couple of minutes. And then he gets stuck at the scorer's table because there's no stoppage for a few minutes, which is also another trend that I feel like we've seen a lot, specifically with Jimmy. We don't see it as much with bam late in the game, which is why it was a little bit different. But still, these these moments where they just like, we talk about it all game that you need both of them on the floor. And then you have these constantly just revolving door of one, 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 one. Really, like at least at the end of the game, when you get to the final few minutes, final kind of second half of the fourth quarter with six minutes left, you can have both of them on the floor and try to make a late clutch run, which they've done, which is why there's been so many clutch games. And then you get to this point tonight and you have one of them on the floor again. So it's like, uh, if there's a takeaway, it's that, I don't, I don't know. I think they, they have to really realize, even though it's a back-to-back, even though it's you want to make your save your best players, you have to save them for something. So it's like you either saving them for a certain something or you're playing them down the stretch to win these games. There's 11 games left. Like what the hell are we saving anybody for at this point? I know it's the first night of a back-to-back, but tomorrow night in, is in Detroit. So in theory, you should be able to wrap that one up. And they haven't had the kind of disposition of a team that consistently plays just the level of defense. Miami Heat defense usually just gets you the win in Detroit on the second night of the back-to-back to end the season when you're tr- vying for playoff seeds. Like So the fact that they can't count on that – Alex tonight um, and Brady alluded to this a little bit. Also in the comments, there's been uh, plenty of folks mentioning Tyler and uh, and his play looking like he was doing some 2K passing. Eight turnovers combined from Kevin Love and Tyler Hero. Kevin Love plays 19 minutes. He's like a token starter. He's doing that thing, Alex, like Myers Leonard did where he starts, but then he doesn't really do much else. Point guard play. What the hell are they going to do? Like, how how do they finish this season? I guess the answer is Kyle plays and, and helps with this, but Gabe is not necessarily blossoming in this role. 
Would you say, Alex, that that is the position of need most now? All of a sudden, we've always talked about the four they needed next to Bam. But just, I want I want your takeaways from this game. But as you kind of just think about this roster conceptually and watch games like tonight where nobody can get them into offense, things look disjointed. It's just ugly basketball. Is point guard the biggest need too? I mean, you could definitely make that case. And it sucks that... Um, you know, we've gotten here, but, and I, I ultimately end up agreeing with everything that Brady talks about when it comes to setting up Bam uh, with easier stuff, with off ball screens to get him into his spots and kind of play off of there rather than trying to get going with, you know, a guard running pick and roll with him because that paint is just so crowded every time. I think there's no space for Bam to get going as a roller anymore, which is unfortunate because of how good he is there. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to rank him because. Yeah, Caleb is not a natural four, and we all wanted to add a four, but he is so much less of a problem than the guards. It's not even close. Like, we all acknowledge Caleb has probably been the fourth fourth best player. So it's funny that we were having the, the four conversation all season. He's not a four, but he's doing a much better job than the guards are at their roles right now. And it's unfortunate yeah. because I feel like they had a pretty good guard room going into the season, even with, you know, I think Kyle coming back from injury. I think, you know, that was kind of the down thing, but I felt good about, I felt really good about Gabe after that playoff run. The depot thing was still, I think um, we hadn't seen a full sample yet as we have now with, you know, even with the setbacks this season, we've gotten much more of a sample of Vic in a heat uniform. And so, yeah, it's in a precarious spot because it's not like they can just pick one or the other, right? Like they have to probably shake things up this summer from multiple positions and, you know, Caleb is not a part of that. So there's no implication there whatsoever. I do think the guard room has to be shaken up and they probably still do need to add another competent two-way front court player. Um, you know, that's down the line. But this season, like, we know who they are. We know that, that they know how to win games. And we've gone over this through so many game pods. But you look at it tonight, and Brady hit on a lot of this stuff with the defense, like, they got doubled up by the Bulls in points off turnovers. Oh. He doubled, I mean, excuse me, he committed more turnovers than the Bulls by about three. You only can't happen. Got the Bulls into 10 turnovers. So it's can't not just that they committed more than the Bulls, but you just didn't force that many in the first place. They didn't get out of the It means your break. defense didn't work. Sorry, I don't exactly. mean to interrupt you. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, they were able to make up for some of the possession stuff with the second chance points. They did a good job on the offensive glass today, not usually one of their strengths. Other than that, the defense was absolutely atrocious. Like, it's funny because the threes did not fall tonight. They went back to their regular ways. Um, the, the Bulls hit 50% of the threes, and the Heat, I think, hit like 27 or 28%. But despite that, you look at guys' individual scoring, it's like they probably got enough if they would have played better defense, if they would have you know, played to their standard of getting out in transition off the turnovers. And like Brady said, they're not a good tra- uh, transition team regardless, but that, w- that probably would have got them into the hundreds, and those couple extra stops – makes it, I think, a much easier game to handle with. Like, you just can't put yourself down 25 that early and then force a bad offensive team try to come back from like that. And it's like, man, everybody got going on the Bulls. It wasn't like, you know, Pat Beverly had that that stretch, but everybody got going, man. Like, you just look down the line. You got 10 of 15 from DeRozan, 6 of 8 from Vucevic, 7 of 12 from Levine, 6 of 12 from Beverly, uh, seven of 12 from Kobe white, you know, they're just all over the board getting out on you. And then you go and look at the, the offensive rating in the half court and overall, both of them 87th percentile. Uh, so 
They just went, they just ran out all over you. And some of it was tough shot making when it comes to like the Rosen, but that's just what he does in general. I just think you let him get going way too early and that's it. Like we know what happens. The, the wheels come off when their defense looks that terrible, you know? Well, and there's another thing here when you, when you look at this team uh, tonight, 82 field goals to Chicago's 80. But here's a big one. Miami had 24 free throws. Chicago on their home floor only had six free throw attempts. And Miami loses this game. I had Jimmy Butler over seven and a half free throws made on prize picks. He went over. But I also had over Tyler Hero two and a half free throws made. And he went two. So he did not go over. That is the gist of how you play prize picks, y'all. It is daily fantasy made easy. Use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. I play it all the time. Um, I also uh, a bad beat tonight was Nikola uh, Vucevic was at ten and a half rebounds. He got to ten, so he just did, he just missed the over there. So you choose your over unders on your favorite players from your favorite games on your favorite stats. Use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. You can play desktop app, but also uh, download our desktop version, but also download the app. Uh, it's as fun uh, of daily fantasy platform as you can find, but you got to use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Uh, all kinds of cool props and um, promos always happening. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash, Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So uh, as we kind of close up shop on this Bulls heat game, um, Brady, people were harping on Bam Adebayo a bit in this game, saying that uh, initially um, – well, I mean, it was something that was overtly obvious early on and he wasn't involved at all. But then also we talked about these stretches where he looks like he is just spent, I think is where, what, what it boils down to. Um, what was your take of Bam's game tonight? Also, if you look at the things that um, he's having to do defensively, but continuing to find ways to get up field goal attempts. He had the most field goal attempts on the team. Max Struess had 16 shots. That guy does not see a shot that he doesn't love. Brady, Bam out of bios game, uh, and then just uh, close up shop on Chicago versus um, Miami, and then we're going to just do uh, a few minutes on Detroit, take some questions, get up out of here. So, yeah, he was not involved early in the game. Uh, but when it comes down to him, and this is what I feel like I, we always come back to, but, like, it's so hard for him to get in a rhythm when he when the guards are playing like this. Like, when Tyler's having turnovers, they don't have a true point guard playing on the roster. Uh, Vic is turnover prone. Gabe is not in, <laughs> even initiating or involved at all, and he's inefficient. Who's getting him the ball? So it's like you're asking for a guy now. That's why I've been basically saying on these last few shows, it's been a while now where I keep saying people are like, why? what, what do you mean you don't want Bam to be a roller? I'm like, they need to run actions for Bam to get it to him in the mid post instead of using him as a roller because guess what? If he's rolling, he's not getting the ball. You're right. <laughs> like he's just screening for these guys to take these shots for the guards to create in a wild manner and it's leading to those turnovers and leading to fast break points. You, they need to get the ball to Bam in different ways. And they started doing that. Like after, you know, late into the early in the second quarter, late in the, in the, or early in the fourth quarter, which is what's funny because going back to the point where he got taken out for a few minutes, he was cooking at that point. Like he had like a little bank shot. He was getting involved there. He was starting to look like he was getting into some type of rhythm. And then he gets taken out. He starts playing like he's getting into a rhythm. And then he doesn't get the ball for, <laughs> for it feels like eight minutes. So it's like, it's so, it feels like it's so tough for him to get in any type of rhythm. So it's like, uh, in this game, he's 9 of 17. Just look at the the bare numbers. Uh, somehow getting up to 17 shot attempts after having zero shot attempts like early in the first quarter when he didn't play like uh, – it was. did he have a shot attempt in the first quarter at all? Like I don't, I'm not even I don't sure think if so. that was – So the fact that so. he was still able to get to 17 shot attempts in this game is pretty wild. Like credit to him because that is not something he would have done last season. Uh, but it's just about the ways they have to get him the ball because it's just – it is pretty clear – that the, it's just not fluid. Like nothing is fluid within this offense, but the guards are not going to feed him uh, in that way. So when it comes down to that, plus the fact that they're playing one-one with Jimmy and Bam, like that you can't get consistent minutes with them on the floor together. Because even to start the game, we talk about late in the game them not playing together. Bam is playing the first six minutes, then getting taken out, and then Jimmy's playing the rest of the first quarter, and then Bam enters the start of the second, and Jimmy's out. It's like these guys are just leading their own lineups, where it's like all the lineup data and everything that everybody's watching eye test wise shows that when Jimmy and Bam were on the floor together, they've been pretty good defensively. They've mucked things up offensively. They found two 
you know, they've never been the most fluid duo, but they found ways offensively to make things work because you cannot double both of them, especially when shots aren't falling. So uh, I don't know. This was just a weird game. And I give, I know people were saying like the, the Jimmy stuff because he goes into ISO ball in this game and gets the, the 24 points that he did. He was having to operate in the most limited space possible in that third quarter. Like they would not be in this game if it wasn't for Jimmy getting going in that third quarter. But if you look at the shots he was getting, he was not getting good looks. Like no. these guys are helping off Miami shooters constantly. And I, I said this on playback and I'll finish here. And I, it's not all on this type of shoot because they obviously didn't shoot well. They shoot what? 10 of 37 from three, 27% from three. But I go back to when Kevin Love signed and I was at practice and I asked Spo about Kevin Love. And he said, Kevin Love's one of those guys that you can't help off of. You just can't help off of. Teams are helping off of him. <laughs> like they are, they are simply just helping off him and daring him to shoot a lot of the time. And that's a problem because he's not really making them pay consistently. So if you have a shooter like that, that's not hitting consistently and teams are helping off of you. I just, it, it makes it so much tougher for your best player and Jimmy now to operate collapsing lane, bam, to operate in a collapsing lane. So as much as we talked about, I thought love would really help Jimmy with the pick and pop stuff. It hurts when he's not hitting consistently. So it's not all on him, but it's more of like an example of what's happening. These teams are just helping off their shooters because they're not hitting consistently. And Jimmy and Bam are having to operate in such limited space. So combine that with the guards that are not really able to create for themselves and able to kind of be efficient with looks and passing with the turnovers. It, it's just a rough, you know, theme right now for this offense. No, you're so right. It's hard to watch. It's hard to even analyze because to come up with the solution, it's like, it's so obvious what needs to change, but it's so hard for that to just enact, like for them to enact that changes is, is um, it seems like they're just hitting their head up against a brick wall over and over again with this offensive stuff. Alex, um, Max Struess played well tonight. We buried him on our rotation pod the other night, or at least when we were talking about like where who would get squeezed, we talked Max Struess, right? And like it looks like he may be the shooter that that sticks. I say that tonight. Um, before we get into the Detroit matchup a little bit, how are you feeling about Max Struess's viability in the playoff rotation? Should we be feeling better about his offense, his shooting? Um, just uh if we can take a positive from this game, is it Max Struess? I'm trying to find one here. Uh, so I'm digging deep with you here on the positive from tonight's ball game. Yeah, that's what we got to do, right? We're here to sunshine pump, like people are saying in the chat. No, but in all seriousness, back, Max is definitely one of like the only positives if you can come up with any, right? Like I think um, just seeing him hit his shots at a higher clip the way he has recently, even though, you know, he, he's like at 36% before tonight uh, for the month of March from three. It felt like he was better. It, it just feels like he's hitting way more than he was before. Um, the open ones all go down. So it's great to see. And like we talked about on um, that podcast we did a while back where we, we said we kind of put Max versus Duncan and Kyle versus Gabe. And that was kind of the theme of the pod. Like I said, in that pod, Max had a similar uh, kind of cycle of development that Duncan had where once People got smart to the shot and the way that they used them. Like they both got better at reading the game and kind of attacking, even though it's, you know, it's a very small level. It's not like these guys are giving you real rim pressure, but sometimes they do. Like there's a, you know, Max will give you a drive or two during the game. And it's like, you know, that's, it's just smart basketball. So 
I like when he does that too. Obviously, that doesn't matter if the threes aren't falling, but it's it's like it's extra, right? It's just reading the game and reacting, and it adds a little bit more. So that stuff is helpful. And I do think Max um, is going to be somebody who we still see in the playoffs. Like you said, like there, there may be a night where he doesn't play as much, like we saw versus the Jazz, but it's, it's going to end up coming down to the matchup. I think Spo is going to end up picking like a certain eight or nine guys for a specific matchup, and he's probably just going to stick to them most likely if I had to guess. I but think he's going to make it. I, I don't know why. I think so too. And and Brady has said this multiple times. Like they need, they kind of need a specialist the way that they, they run their sets. And I'm, and I agree. It's just, you, and you also just need the, the spacing. Like you can't make things even harder for your best players in the playoffs. It's just, you know, Max is, I think the best option compared to others on the team, just because he's sturdier defensively, even if he's not great defensively. And that's just kind of where I'm at with it. You're going to have to pick and choose with certain skill sets, whether it's him, who I think is probably still going to get a, you know, a decent amount of minutes in the playoffs. Like we saw Depot the other night, his minutes got cut completely. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the playoffs too. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure where it's going to land yet. I, I do think it's going to come down in the matchup and then Spoh is going to be rigid and stick to those guys. And there's going to be like a guy who we didn't expect who barely plays at all for the whole series. Brady, one word, Max Struess in the playoff rotation, yes or no? Yes. I think that first, I know you said one word, but I think he's one of those guys they try for a half and they, depending on how he plays, he doesn't play the second half. So it's, con- it's conditional. Yeah, no, I yeah. get it. Cause I, um, I think that I'm with you there that he could be a guy with a quick hook, but someone that they're going to give a shot to. It's a guy who's playing for his job. And you know what? ODM performance can assist you in helping find a job. Also, they work with notable banks, law firms, and even supermarkets nationwide. This is ODMPSI.com. If you're in Dade, Broward, or Boca, and you're looking for one of the following positions in those industries, notable banks, law firms, and supermarkets, reach out to George or Josh at 954-434-0634 or at um, the M- the email address is info at odmpsi.com. This is for CNI lender, CNI credit, business development officer, branch manager. Those are just some of the positions in those law firm, banking, and supermarket industries. ODM Performance Solutions, 954-434-0634, odmpsi.com. Check them out. Uh, they are definitely going to help you find jobs in those very specific markets in the South Florida area, ODM PSI. The ODM performance solution of the night is um, they got to get this game in Detroit because Brooklyn is uh, essentially in a situation where they're going to have two games against Cleveland. So they're going to lose one of those. I'm hoping and then they're going to come to Miami and you're going to be able to get a game on them. So here you, even with losses and such, you can catch Brooklyn. Um, Brady, Alex, I'll start with Brady and then just go straight to you. Biggest thing you're watching for on the second night of a back-to-back. This is a six o'clock game. The Canes play at 840 uh, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. I'm major into that game. So hopefully we can, uh, work the scheduling out right. Go Canes. Um, Brady, biggest thing you're you're looking out for in the game against Detroit. Now think about this, y'all. Detroit has lost something crazy like 
13 of 16, 14 of 16, something like that. It's insane. So you know there's what that just means. no way. Yeah. The uh, hashtag, of course. Now, what are you looking for tomorrow night? I think it's pretty simple, to be honest. My take on it is if they don't score tomorrow, I don't know when they're ever going to score <laughs> because this Detroit team gives up points. Like they give up a ton of points. I think they're like the third worst defense in the NBA, like all year. Uh, it's just that simple. They've actually found ways. To, I think they, they're one of those teams and we, they know Miami knows this better than anybody because when they play these bad teams that could just get hot on some spot up threes, like they just can role players start shooting well off catch and shoots. And then all of a sudden you're in a bind. That's how Miami has lost so many of these games against bad teams. Uh, so they better be ready in that department, but they better be able to score because if it, it, like you watch them night in night out, we come <laughs> talk about it after these games and say, the offense is a grind. We know what the offense is. Jimmy can get his. Bam can usually get his. But it's like everything else is just we know what it's going to look like. That better not be the case tomorrow. You better be able to go and walk into a 120-point night tomorrow. Like that is pretty much what you should be able to do. Will that happen? I don't know. Uh, and good thing, you know, Bam should be pretty rested because he got a couple – he got like a two-minute breather tonight. So he should be good tomorrow to be able to anchor some lineups. Alex, this is hilarious. The Heater 30th in points scored per game Detroit is 25th so they're a better scoring team three point percentage Miami is 26th at 33.9% at 35.2 in 21st place the Detroit Pistons if it were not for defense (laughs) Miami is playing offense kind of worse than the Detroit Pistons in certain statistical measures I know that these are very root uh like elementary metrics but just let me use them from the narrative that i'm building here um what do they do to make the offense look better like i i know that brady just talked about if they don't get it right against detroit they can't get it right against anybody but like i guess as we close out because you really like waxing poetic on the detroit matchup i don't think people really care enough frankly um, not because of your analysis, but because of the matchup and such. Unless you got, if you got a hot take on on Detroit, fire it off. But like, ten games left now. What the hell do you do? Let's just say you're the head coach. What do you do to try to make this offense work? To try to get some level of cohesiveness heading into the postseason. There's nothing schematically that you can do other than the stuff that you know we've already harped on this show when it comes to getting Bam into his spots in different ways and stop trying to, you know, um, capture 2020 again when you had an all-star point guard who was giving you great scoring and playmaking and gore on gore. And, you know, they're just not guarding Bam like that anymore. I mean, it, I should say, honestly, it's the opposite. They're guarding Bam more than ever. So what, what I meant by not guarding him anymore, it, how they did back then, it's, you know, <laughs> there's so many people in there that it just makes it so tough on him and Bam. And so I think schematically, there, it's not much else that you can do. Somebody in, in the comments said it, it's more about them deciding whether they actually want to win. And they talk about this all the time, putting in multiple quarters of what they call heat basketball. And they always um, talk about this post game and, you know, the lack of consistency where, where they'll have a couple of great quarters and especially post all-star break, just, awful awful defense and that's what i think this all comes down to like don't go out eating crap against the pistons tomorrow night because they're the pistons and they're in the Wemby sweepstakes and they're missing Cade cunningham like yes this this should be an easy win but you got to go out there 
and actually played and get the win. Like you're just you're not gonna just fall into the win. It's the second night of a back to back. You're on the road. So yeah, go out there, take care of business, and do it on the defensive end first. Because I really don't think there's any fixing this offense. Like the only other thing I could come up with is like, you know, we we talked earlier before about the playoff rotation, and you know, I mentioned this on playback too. An option that we didn't really talk about much was um, one of the bigs coming out of the playoff rotation, and you know, Cody Zeller's been awesome in the role, but. Let's say you were to kind of cut his minutes short and you turn love into that back of five, try to mitigate some of the <clears throat> some of the defensive stuff and just have, you know, Jimmy with four shooters or, you know, a little bit more spacing around him with love mm-hmm. at the five and just try to put, you know, good perimeter defenders around him. Like, you know, that's something that they haven't tried much. They tried they they did a little bit uh, tonight, very little. So it's probably like three or four minutes for the season of Kevin Love at the five. They can still try that with ten, uh 10 games left in the season that might help your offense. Other than that, you know, the other thing, and I don't want to say it, but you can go back to not playing Victor Oladipo. He wasn't the reason they suck tonight. You know, I'm not trying to say anything like that, but we've seen that he can be an offensive negative when he's not feeling himself, when he doesn't get into rhythm. So, um, you know, if you want to go all offense with the rotation, you can, but schematically, I don't know what else there is to do. I think Spolstra would agree. And I think that this team looks resigned to that fact. They lose to a 10th seeded uh, Chicago Bulls team that's hovering five games or so below 500, fighting for their playoff lives, but in a much different way than Miami, who has supposed to have higher stakes. This is supposed to be a team further along. And again and again, we end these post game five on the floor lives talking about them. Uh, not looking like uh, the Miami Heat teams we are used to seeing from a disposition perspective, from a offensive and defensive, just holistically, this team is not what we expected. Tonight was not good. 113.99, they lose to Chicago. Thank you to ODM, PSI, Prize Picks, and A Aggressive Insurance, insurancebylanette.com. Check out all of our sponsors. We will have you covered tomorrow for playback and post game. Ethan Skolnick will be back for uh, some of that programming. So we'll have you covered for the Pistons game, 6 p.m. Eastern, and then the post game show to follow. Thank you for joining us. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.